Welcome back to the Project Happy Place podcast. I'm thrilled to have my next guest join us today. Molly is a classical vocalist, sound healing artist, and experienced designer based in Brooklyn. Her personal core values are community, collaboration, and creativity. In 2019, she completed her sound healing certificate from Sage Academy of Sound, which led to the founding of Bloom Sound Collective in 2022. Bloom is a community of healers and musicians devoted to creating meaningful, meaningful experiences with sound. She also works with Daybreaker as the senior partnership manager, which is how we met this year. Daybreaker is the global dance and wellness phenomenon. She builds community through brand partnerships and meaningful storytelling. Welcome to the Project Happy Place podcast, Molly. Hi, Jane. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to jump right in because working with Daybreaker has been probably the highlight of the past few years. And I'm so excited to a just explain a little bit more about Daybreaker and what you do there, but also to dive into your experience and what got you to this place. Yeah. With that being said, you have such a wonderful background. So you're clearly an artist that is inspired by healing and wellness, which are things that we love and are really passionate about. So was there a moment in time when you realized that this was the career or path that you wanted to pursue? Um, well, I, I wouldn't say that there was a moment per se, but maybe rather a series of small moments, um, put together over the years. Um, we could literally go all the way back to when I was three years old Mm. and singing every single word instead of speaking to my family. (laughs) So like, I always felt very empowered to use my voice and share my voice. And that of course led to a lot of music lessons and a lot of performing and eventually going to music school. Um, And then when I graduated and I moved to New York in my early 20s, I was I was working really hard. Like I moved to New York with almost no money, without a job lined up. Like I was just really going for it. And I was I was working like multiple jobs. I finally got my first full time offer and was working in an office. And honestly, a couple of years went by and I suddenly realized that I like wasn't really singing anymore. And I felt this hole in my life. I I really wanted to build community again. Um, I wanted to use my voice again. I wanted to have like really special, profound musical experiences. So I joined a choir. Um, I started going to sound baths because I found that by not singing, by kind of losing this element of my life, I really did kind of go into a bit of a depression, I would say. Um, And so I started going to sound baths and I was like, this feels really interesting. Um, And I got certified. I practiced on all my friends and family. I practiced on the choir that I had just joined. I started producing my own sound healing events. um, And I kind of just woke up one day and was like, oh my gosh, like I'm making music and I'm creating these experiences in a space that feels like my work is really needed and in a place where the community around me really lifts me up and supports me and wants to bring these special experiences to their circles as well. So it was super gradual. I didn't necessarily always 
know that this was the path, but I knew that music was going to have something to do with it. (laughs) That's so cool. I know what you're saying in the sense of when you stop those hobbies, it really started to have an effect and you took a step back and noticed that I felt I kind of went through this similar experience where I was working for a long, like lots of hours, pretty much just in survival mode to right. get work done, be a mom, do all the things I had to do. And then I had to take this stress leave of absence pretty much, but was fueled by a physical injury. But when I kind of started to go through the weeks of leave and really just decompressing, I refound all these hobbies that I had that I had completely forgotten about, like cooking and looking up recipes and going to the beach and being able to sit and just treating myself right and filling my body with really healthy food and all of these things I had forgotten about. And I think we do that because we just generally get to a space where we're numb and or in survival mode. Absolutely. And I feel like it takes that moment of realization to even begin to get back to all of these things that bring us joy. You know, like we, we, it happens so gradually that we almost don't realize that it's happening. Mm. So we almost have to like hit rock bottom or like, you know, just feel really low to realize that you have to really prioritize those things in your life. Completely. That is actually the entire reason why I started this podcast. And the concept is that I realized that your happy place is somebody some place or hobby or thing that you do that you can kind of tap into daily that brings you back to that place. Because I feel so often people wait until they're on vacation, they take time off. So that's only a couple of times a year where people are really going to that happy place, if you will. So if you realize what those places or things are, what you can do and do them regularly, it kind of keeps your body in tune and, you know, functioning in a way better way. (laughs) Exactly. It's so important to have those things. Um, you know, that's, that's why I just kind of went back to my roots. I was Mm. like, what do I love? I love singing with people. So I'm going to join a choir and I love, you know, thinking about sound in new ways. So I'm going to start exploring that and learning about that. Um, and it just really transformed my whole life. So I really always try to encourage people in my life, like friends and family to do the same and to find that thing or series of things that just kind of brings them back to center. Cause it's, it's so important. It's something we all need to prioritize for sure. So tell us a little bit more about sound healing for those that are not familiar. I love a sound bath. I think the vibration of your body is so incredible when you can just tap into that. And it's the energy, I believe in energy and all of these fun things. So in your experience and education through sound healing, are there any key learnings or can you even just give people a really beginner overview of what sound healing really means and how powerful it can be? Yes. Um, I mean, I could literally talk for days about this. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll try and like, you know, keep it to a pretty top line um, version. But I think that as I was going to sound baths, um, I started to notice how it made me feel, but there's not really a lot of like quantitative, um, studies around sound healing. There's, you know, of course we have music therapists, um, but there's not a lot of study around like actually being in a sound bath with these specific instruments, things like sound bowls, gongs, 
chimes, percussion instruments. Um, and I just was really curious about that. And I started to reach out more to the instructors that I was having experiences with. And I started going to workshops. And I think one of the first light bulbs that I had was watching a video of water molecules reacting to sound and mm. learning about cymatics, which is basically just the study of sound and vibration. Um, and realizing that our bodies are roughly like 60 to 70% water. Mm. And what I was seeing in that video, like we can feel that happening. We can feel the sound vibrations of like a bass at a concert, for example. And when that happens, the water in our bodies is literally having a physical reaction. And that reaction is this beautiful display of sacred geometry in our cells. And the body is literally realigning to the frequencies around us. Um, and we're constantly surrounded by sound, right? So like we step outside into a major city like New York here where I'm based and sound pollution is such a thing. And our bodies are reacting to quote unquote, like stressful sounds and holding these frequencies in the body. Um, and sound healing practices really allow us to realign those frequencies and bring the body back to an aligned state. Um, so that's kind of one side of it. And then I think the second big takeaway I learned is how to be more aware of sound in my day-to-day -day life and particularly how to manage this sound pollution. Um, when we hear things like babies crying on what's supposed to be like your peaceful morning commute or a motorcycle revving up outside your window when you're trying to sleep, like our amygdala in our brains it gets activated and our bodies do have a small fight or flight response, which again is more stress that the body then takes on. So in these moments, I really challenge myself now to reframe how I react um, to sonic stress. So now I'm kind of like, all right, let me look at this baby crying, for example, as a lesson to like, hell yes, let it out like express mm. yourself or thinking about how the motorcyclist must feel having the wind in their hair and just like letting it pass through my body and leave. Um, I'm also much more intentional with sound around me and like creating what I need. So adding things like beautiful bells to my doorknobs or um, even something as simple as playing music to match the mood that you're trying to achieve. Um, going back to the science, if we think about sound in our daily lives more intentionally, we can then create the vibrations around us that we are trying to feel physically. Um, so that's like very, very high level overview of, of how sound has changed my life. And I think that, you know, yes, just sign up for a sound bath and go and explore it and see how it feels for you. But also just like start thinking about sound differently in your day to day life, like notice what makes you feel calm and what doesn't and like try and start curating those moments for yourself throughout the day. That's totally spot on. I think that a lot of people 
might be hearing of a sound bath for the very first time. So I think encouraging them to look at their local community and if there's anything that's offered, because generally speaking, in most places, there will be something offered at a yoga studio or, or something of those, a place similar. But I think that's a good you know, intro and just being super mindful of it. And I love your perspective that the baby just needs to let it out. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love that one. It, it really helps. It does. <laughs> so, uh, so you have Bloom Sound Collective, which you founded this year. And mm -hmm. that's um, really beautiful. Do you have anything you can share about your work so far? I know you're just in the very early stages, but some goals or what your vision is for the future in your work with Bloom. Yeah, of course. So something that I realized fairly early on in my sound healing training was that I got the same feeling from the instruments around me um, that I got when I was singing in a choir. So when I was practicing sound on my choir and my community there, um, I actually really bonded with our director and we decided to create a choral sound bath, um, actually the world's first. So we basically build this program as a sound bath and everyone came in and laid on yoga mats and was surrounded by 50 singers. And we kind of merged choral music with these traditional sound healing rituals. And it was a 90 minute experience. We had four sold out shows in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of Bloom because that was the first time that I was invited to bring in a few of my other sound healing colleagues. And the four of us together were just like, we really need to do this more regularly. And we need to make, this available to as many people as possible. So working on that project with the choir was really the catalyst to founding Bloom and really making it official. This was an idea that I've had for years, but the moment just finally felt right. Um, and then since then, we've just done some smaller self-produced events. Um, we re recently worked with an electronic composer to do kind of an acoustic electric sound bath where he was layering these beautiful soundscapes over our acoustic instruments. Um, and that's also really important to me is like doing cross collaborations with different art forms, um, you know, being with a choir for one, being with an electronic composer for one. Um, so that's kind of where, that's what we've been doing. And we're just gonna kind of continue doing that um, into next year and hopefully add a few more different offerings that continue to hit this goal of like building community through music and sound. Awesome. That's super cool. I think that, I mean, congratulations too, for having the sold out shows right off the bat, which is <laughs> thank you, incredible. And uh, it just crossed my mind as where you're obviously in a city and I could hear the um, ambulance going behind you. And I just, again, now was thinking, oh, I wonder what Molly thinks when she hears sirens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm partially kind of numb to them. Like they're just kind of a constant. <laughs> but at the beginning of sound baths, really depending on the venue, um, if we can hear the city sounds, I, I do always try and invite participants to embrace the sounds as part of the experience and to not like 
associate any sound as being good or bad and just having mm. it be. Um, and it, it just really contributes to this level of mindfulness that I find to be so transformative, whether it's with sound or meditation or any other kind of mindfulness that can be practiced in life. Um, it's just about like noticing what's around you and taking it in and not assigning it as good or bad. I love that so much. Just the whole piece about let it be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I know your work and kind of moving into the work that you do with Daybreaker, because that's how we originally met. We've yeah. had the pleasure of working with you on a Daybreaker project this past year. So I would love to learn a little bit more about what led you to work with Daybreaker. Yeah. So, I mean, if it wasn't already clear, I, I am a firm believer that the universe is conspiring at all times to kind of bring <laughs> you to your highest good. Um, and during my years of depression, um, in my early twenties, I was also actively meditating and I, I had been gifted a training course from a dear friend of mine, um, a few years prior. So I was an active meditator and my meditation teacher, um, Emily Fletcher, knew that I was looking for new work and she knew that Daybreaker would be hiring someone with my experience and with my skill set. So she told me to keep an eye out. Um, and then when the job posting hit, I immediately applied. And then the interview process was really only about a week long. And I still think about my interview process and how it felt so aligned mm. and how after each call I felt so lit up and inspired by the team that I'd be working with. So it was really a no-brainer for me. And again, there were just so many little things that led me to this opportunity, like my friendship, my meditation training, and then all of that also helped me to learn how to feel true alignment and to recognize that gut punch of hell yes that I felt with the Daybreaker team. I love that as well. I mean, I try, I hear that so often from just different books that I've read, like essentialism and people that I admire that just say, it's just quite simple. If it's not a hell yes, then it's a no, which right. is hard to do that, but <laughs> yes. it is so true. It's very simple. And then another piece that I like that you kind of touched on is like letting your heart be your guide versus ego or, you know, your heart and your gut are really you know, tying yourself more to your higher self and what is more in tune with you. So by letting yes. your heart kind of be your guide, it again, makes things a little bit more simple, but it can be hard to live that way because that's not what is as mainstream, if you will. So totally. I love that that's the path that you carved out for yourself because I think it can be so inspiring for people. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, that's, I've really just learned how to listen to my body mm -hmm. and so much of that, actually, it really all does come back to my sound practice and to my meditation practice, like giving yourself the time to learn what your body is feeling, um, helps you make clear decisions in the future. As you said, that's led by your heart, led by your gut, led by your body, um, it's a game changer. And especially like, even with Daybreaker, like I, I work in partnerships with them and there's so many 
opportunities. And sometimes I really need to prioritize the ones that give me that hell yes, that give me the the light bulb, um, that light me up inside. I, I think it's it's applicable to everything in life, like friendships, romantic relationships, career, like if you are able to listen to your body and really feel in tune with what's happening, it makes everything so much easier. But like you said, <laughs> it is hard because not everybody operates that way. Our world doesn't really operate that way. So mm-hmm. sometimes it takes a little bit of like picking and choosing when to lean on that. Yes. And I constantly find that I, I even put in my calendar on the first of the month, the things that I need to do, like book my Reiki session, get a massage, like go to acupuncture. I can tell when I start to get a little out of line and trying to get back into those practices that help ground you and keep you super focused because it's even just the power of breath work. So, you know, when you completely ground yourself and focus on your breath and the clarity you get is just incredible. And it's all totally natural, which is what is so beautiful as well about the practice. Yes. And I think the word practice is so important to just like highlight here I think for a really long time, I was like, well, I'm meditating. Why isn't everything better? Or like, (laughs) well, I did a Reiki session. Why isn't everything better? It's like, no, it's a practice. It takes time. It's building each time you carve out that space for yourself. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a year. For me, I mean, it happened over the course of like many, many years. So, and, and it's still happening. It never stops, right? So it is a practice. It's not a quick fix either. Totally. And then it's just sometimes a bit of a roller coaster ride. But I think if you have these tools kind of that you can gravitate towards when you're needing to the tune up, it's really helpful. Yes. So um, I wanted to, you know, ask what your happy place is. I know you've talked a lot about music and sound, um, your work in the choir any other things that you do that really just ground you or bring you to that magical place that re-inspires and energizes you? Yes. I mean, I have so many happy places. It's kind of hard. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like I could talk about how I love like having my tea in the morning and putting on like, I don't know, like a Debussy album and lighting my incense and just sitting there. Or I could talk about like being in nature and like hiking a mountain. But I think like if I really had to narrow it down and like pick one happy place, I would definitely choose being surrounded by the people that I love, the people who love me and making music and art together and experiencing that beauty together. Um, I really live for like asking my friends to sing duets with me or like getting a small group together in a park under a bridge and singing like old sacred choral music together or watching loved ones that I know writing new songs and wanting to share them with us and asking for help in writing harmonies, you know, like sharing our hearts together, creating safe spaces to do that. That is community healing. That is community care. And that's when I feel the most held and loved and cared for. Um, So I would say that's like my ultimate happy place. That's awesome. I think just surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded is really beautiful. And I think that's what I 
love so much about the Daybreaker community as well. It's just a super positive place that's built on lifting up people that are living their, you know, their true selves, doing what they're passionate about, and then just exploring all of these different artists that you might not have heard of. Um, so I think yeah. you and your team have just an amazing ability of spreading joy, first of all, and then also exposing people to new ideas, new artists, things that they haven't particularly thought of before. Yes, yes. And I I have to give credit to my colleagues at Daybreaker for even like helping me unlock all of these different elements of myself personally and with my sound projects. Um, I think the overall highlight of being on the team is actually just being around such a driven and creative and inspiring team every day. And I mean, even beyond the team, just the people in our community, like every single day, I am thinking about joy building and community building and experience design and living in this setting day to day has really empowered me to bring this level of commitment to my own friendships and my own communities, like my choir or like Bloom. Um, being on the Daybreaker team has has definitely radically transformed my life and has shown me what I want to give and create with my loved ones um, outside of work, as well as professionally, of course. Exactly. And then you can just show up and be show up for people in just such a more powerful way, which yes. I think is what is really helpful. And that's what I've also found just on my journey is by starting the company and being able to pick it, you know, kind of select projects I'm working on and, and have a little bit more control and on my life and what I work on. I think you can then just show up for people in a way, in a, just a more powerful way. So you're helping exactly the world, if you will. And it is um it is unique and not the way most people live their lives. So I think that's how it can just help really inspire people to take those baby steps to get, you know, to that place. Right. And so many people don't have like, or they think they don't have their permission to like be unapologetically themselves and fully express themselves and show up in the world as they're meant to. And I think that's really what Daybreaker does is it gives people the permission to just live so authentically. Um, you know, like I feel that every day I, I walk into the office and I'm able to come as myself and not like put on a professional face, you know, like like you would have to in a lot of other corporate settings. Um, and that's, it's just so important to be able to really, that's how you unlock all of the beauty that people have to offer is by allowing them to be themselves and fully show up as themselves and then see what they come up with from there. You know, that's the beauty of it. It really is. And I think, you know, we're in December now. So as you look into 2023, what gets you excited about the year ahead? Just so many things. I mean, <laughs> since we're talking about Daybreaker, we are actually turning 10 next year, which is crazy. Um, a whole decade of waking up at sunrise and dancing. Um, but we are going to be celebrating with a 10-year tour 
So we're currently working on that. Um, and we're really excited to celebrate the community that's been built over the last 10 years. Um, so of course, I'm super excited for that. And then I'm also just really excited to keep finding these opportunities to bring my community together um, and have these moments I was talking about, like building these happy places that I mentioned before of like collaboration, community, encouraging creativity and self-expression. Um, I'm actually very excited to hopefully have our first of a series that I'd like to call Talented Friends, where mm -hmm. it's literally just everybody hyping each other up and sharing their gifts with each other. And, you know, maybe it's a little meditation to start. And then it's like basically a curated talent show of mm -hmm. a bunch of different members of the community. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to just do more of that and just keep growing as a person and keep growing professionally and keep building my community and feeling connected to other people. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's beautiful, the power of manifestation and having a clear vision. I think when you can do that, it really does come to life. It's pretty incredible. And people say it all the time, but it's true. It works. It is, it is like, it can all be possible. Thank you so much for being here and joining us. Excited to continue to work with you, touch base with you in 2023. And for now, I think um, if you don't mind just sharing with people the best places to follow you and get more information about your work. Yeah, sure. So I would say I'm most active on Instagram at Molly Rebuffo, my full name, um, and at Bloom Sound Collective, all one word. Great. Well, we will share those with folks and we look forward to having uh, you all join future episodes, bringing people like Molly on to really inspire you to live a life more aligned with your happy place. Amazing. Thanks so much for having me, Jane. Thank you.